Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, it's Christmas time again. Hello, wrestling fans, and ho, ho, ho. Welcome to a Christmas edition. Happy holidays here on our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I am Joe Morata, alongside Santa's little helper himself, Michael Quinn. How you doing, Quinn? Uh, ho, ho, howdy, ho. <laughs> nice to see you there, Michael. Yes. Nice to be back with you folks here as we talk, maybe not necessarily about the world of retro wrestling. This is more like ancient wrestling. Yeah, this is like ancient <laughs> Egypt of wrestling. <laughs> And we appreciate you joining us. Maybe you are listening here on Monday, December 25th, 2017, Christmas Day. Uh, Merry Christmas if you celebrate it. If you don't, hey, that's fine, too. Yeah, happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or nothing. Happy nothing. Yeah, Festivus. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. special uh, Festivus shout-out to uh, Crockett Malonis out there. Yeah, so <laughs> they're celebrating their Festivus. That's right. Uh, so, folks, we are here for a very special episode. We will be back next week for episode number 63. But as promised, we have a review for you and we'll get to that in a second before we do just want to remind you if you haven't yet follow us on twitter at ovp podcast and there we have all kinds of fun tweets and gifts and stuff yeah the giffies and there's tweeties and yeah the tweeties and and it's a fun place to uh interact Mm -hmm. with the podcast it is you know the best place though quinn to interact with the podcast uh, what place would that be, Joseph? That, w- <laughs> that would be our Facebook group, Quinn. Oh, really? Yeah, you ever heard of it? <laughs> yes, I have. You go to uh, facebook.foot.christmas, <laughs> and um, over there, if you type in the search, mm-hmm. type our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast, and you find the group. The group is there. It's it's like a Christmas miracle. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, lots of presents under the tree there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's great because you can join there and you can kind of just say whatever you want. Like David Van Antwerp the other day was talking about Sal Bolomo. I'm like, I mean, I don't really want to talk about him. But, but if you want to make um, <laughs> Quinn is Vince Russo jokes, feel yes. free. Bro. Yeah. Terry Von Eric, you know, half a foot jokes, feel free. Go ahead. Mac Rivera. He's uh, on the banner right now. Oh, yeah. He uh, got upgraded. He did. He's like all zoomed in. I like that the banner has developed into this like Sergeant Peppers (laughs) on the top. Some some kind of screwed up Sergeant Pepper. And you know, one other thing, folks, that we would like, this would be a great Christmas gift for us, is if you can go to iTunes right now, if you haven't yet, and leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate that. Yeah, just leave them under the tree. Just leave it right under our tree there. Uh, Speaking of the tree, we have the OV tree here. Yes, we do. All sorts of action figures on it. Yeah, I think other than, like, New Year's, this is the last, uh, I'll have to take it down. This is our last official episode of 2017. Next week, uh, we will be doing a regular show on January 1st, uh, first one of 2018, Quinn. Yes, we will. That'll be interesting. And uh, you can also catch us on Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. We have some exclusive content coming out on Friday, the 29th. We'll have another audio commentary. And yep. also on January 1st, simultaneous with uh, our episode will be our next video review, Quinn. Yes, the next uh, live video review uh, covering the exploits of the World <laughs> Wrestling Federation as they transition from Vince Sr. to Vince Jr. That's correct. It'll be a fun time. So check us out, patreon.com slash Podcast. Rewards start at only two bucks a month, and uh, we would love to uh, to have your patronage. Yes. Be nice. So as we mentioned, this is a very special episode, and um, we have a very interesting review coming up. It was recommended by uh, a fan of ours, believe it or not, and I forgot about that. Yes. And that fan 
is Ruben Vasquez Jr., Quinn. Yes. One of the originals. Yes, he is. This was requested a long time ago, but you know how the tradition is with the with the Christmas episode here. We do the, the movie review. We do a movie review. Right, and I, we don't really do much other movie reviews, so no. it's t- it's that time of this. It's the most wonderful time of the year, <laughs> well, as they say. I, it wasn't for me watching this, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. now, if, if family brings people together and, and we gather around the hearth, yeah. For Christmas, well... Is it the hearth or the hearth? It's the hearth. It yeah. looks like hearth. Yeah. But this is a, a dearth yeah. of uh, shitty, because this is uh, The Wrestler, folks, 1974. Not not The Wrestler yes. 2008. Yes, we, we didn't do that, Wrestler. That's a good movie. Yes. <laughs> With Mickey Rooney. Ain't it the truth? Mickey Rooney and <laughs> Melissa Tomei yes, and all the... Tomei? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Evan Rachel Lee Wood Cook. Yeah. Whatever her name is. And no, not that movie. This is... um. In 1974, a man named Vern Gagne, who was in the middle of the AWA being the AWA of the 70s. Right. You know, kind of good. Kind of good uh, for what it was, right? For what 70s wrestling could be. I guess he had it in his head that he needed to make a movie, Quinn? Yes, because all the greats are in the movie business, right? Yeah, all of them. And... He was the executive producer of this film called The Wrestler. Which means he probably funded it, because that's how you are an executive producer. Pretty much exclusively, right? Yeah. Now, before we get right into the review, I wanted to tell you folks and you, Quinn, something that I discovered after watching this, and I just want to make this point clear. We have a little brother show. His name is uh, Petey Winson. You've P- heard of him. Petrick. Yeah, Petrick. P- yeah. And he hosts a show called Greetings from Allentown, and I wanted to make sure we shouted him out because he's a friend of the show, and he's our little brother, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, he'd be nothing without us, and uh, just kidding, <laughs> Petey, I'm kidding, of course. The show is great. But I noticed this, Quinn. After I watched this movie, I was idly sitting in my car, eating a sandwich. Uh-huh. And, what, at lunchtime yes. or something, right? And I was just looking up stuff about The Wrestler, and I came across Petey's website, which I, I don't think he does as much now, now that he has the podcast. He has a website? Section 309, yeah. I did not know about that. Yeah, and he's a pretty good writer. And apparently, about a year ago, back in January of of this past year, 2017, he had done a whole write-up of the Wrestler movie. A written review? A written review. Oh, not an audio review. Correct. Uh, So, Petey, I want to make one thing clear. First of all, you did. it was great. I read it. It was very funny. Also... Anything we say is not influenced by your review. Well, <laughs> I, I definitely didn't even clear. know it existed exactly. until, like, actually this very moment, Joe yeah. is springing this on <laughs> me. So. so, but I did want to make that uh, clear that, uh, Petey, you did a great job there on that review. Wanted to give you a shout out. Go check out Greetings from Allentown. It's yes. a great show. And, and I, w- I want to say something here, just on, ahead, as far as if I, as far as what I have any background, I literally never saw this movie, Joe. Me neither. Me neither. There's times in my notes where I, like, I don't know I'm being, like, there's like I'm being duped or whatever by the movie's plot. Oh, That's okay. how much I didn't know like yeah. anything about this movie. I didn't like, either. That, yeah. To be clear here, Quinn and I had never seen this. Yeah. I had never really wanted to see it. And I never read anything about it. Me neither. And I heard it was bad. Yeah. The only thing I knew is that Vergania was involved. The in only it. the most I knew about it was the AWA DVD where they're like acting like it's all good. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> it's Greg yeah. saying it's all good and stuff. Right, exactly. And Vern. And of course yeah. Vern. Yeah. Uh, so let's launch into it here. So we are greeted with a screen that says an Entertainment Ventures, Inc. presentation. That sounds like some bullshit Vern just made up. Correct. It's yep. certainly a venture. And uh, we open here with a newsroom that has a blue screen where Larry Pretty Boy Hennig yes. is being interviewed. So he's our first wrestler that we see in this movie is Larry Hennig, the axe. And I just want to say this. This movie is horrible quality. Like, 
Like, oh yeah, like this was not restored because who would spend no. the money to do that? It's the, in four three. It's hard to it hear. Looks like shit. It's hard to it's see. Dark. Yeah, it's dark. It's dank. crappy. <laughs> yeah, they waste no time getting right to like a wrestler being interviewed. I know. Oh no, they they don't waste any time at all. I mean, also like Larry the Axe here. You know, they're they're calling him young. Yeah. And <laughs> he looks like he's forty five. Yeah, he is about forty five, I think. Is he really? Maybe I just 40. took a guess. Maybe but... maybe four actually I don't know. He maybe is in his forties. Yes. But anyway, so apparently the story here is that Roy Shire is gonna be promoting Larry Hennig versus Mike Bullard at the Cow Palace. Now, Mike Bullard is for some reason what they call Vern Gagne. I don't know why they couldn't just call him Vern Gagne. Well, everyone I'll, else is I'll a real get, name. I'll get into that theory later okay, on that's fine. as to why that is. <laughs> okay, but, um, I like that. Yeah. So you might hear us say uh, Mike Bullard or Vern. It's the same person, okay? Mike, Let's just call him Vern. I'm just trying for, to, like, yeah. yeah I, I, in my notes, Joe. He's Vern. Because we, okay, just a little background here. We both watched the movie separately, as we did with, for the No Holds Barred last year. That's the tradition. Yep. For the movie, we watch it separately, take our own notes, and, and converge, we, yeah, right? Yeah, so I haven't seen Quinn's notes, and, and he I have has not, not seen, seen his. Exactly. Right. But the case still remains. We'll call him Vern. He's Vern. Yeah. I think in the rest of my notes, the entire thing, he's Vern. Same same here. So perfect. But that's Mike Bullard, folks. So anyway, Henny gives a pretty awful interview, and he calls Vern a coward with a pot belly and spindly legs. The pot-bellied, spindly leg, bald-headed, toothless. Bald-headed, toothless. (laughs) And then we do a hard cut to Vern. They're in the ring. They're wrestling. I mean, he basically beats the shit out of him. And... By the way, this is something that starts in a lot of the wrestling scenes. Go ahead. This, like, fish eye lens. What's the deal with that? I literally have here, he wrestles Larry Hennig through some weird fish eye lens. This is what I, <laughs> actually, my note is very similar, but it's funny. It's like, quick cut in fish eye to Vern beating the shit out of Larry. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, gets a sleeper for the win. I gave that match two and a half stars, Quinn. I don't know about you. It was pretty it, good. It was nothing. <laughs> I give it nothing and, and a half kidding. stars. Like, <laughs> we head backstage here. So this is the movie so far. A, a promo, yeah. a quick clip of a match, and now we go backstage, and it's our main character, folks, Lou Grant. Yes, Lou Grant, known as Frank Bass. Which we're not going to say ever after this. Yes, his name is Lou Grant. It's Lou Grant from Mary Tyler Moore, Ed, Ed Asner. Asner. Yes, but I call him Lou Grant. I, I literally, the whole movie, in my mind, his he's name Lou was Lou. Yeah, like, because he's already doing Mary Tyler Moore, which had started in 1970. It takes place in Minnesota. It takes place in Minnesota, <laughs> and that's the only freaking character that people associate him with except Ed Asner is nobody else but yeah. Lou Grant except maybe Santa Claus once in like the remake of Miracle on 34th Street get out Street. Of here no so he's Lou Grant he's Lou Grant <laughs> exactly he, and the character in this movie is essentially Lou Grant yes and he would go on to play Lou Grant in the show Lou Grant right and he 80s. was Lou Grant in Mary Tyler Moore he's always been Lou Grant so folks bottom line here this is lou grant okay so don't take it for granted so he introduces himself though as frank bass he's a wrestling promoter of 20 years and he says that Vern Gagne, uh mike bullard excuse me is unbeatable and that when he hears the word wrestler he thinks of champion by the way the way this was cut he's like giving like a side arm on a thing like it's a documentary like yeah, did, what the hell is that? Did you know? And it was like the only time in the movie where he dresses he's like the talking to the camera, yeah. about like I'm Lou Grant, the greatest promoter <laughs> in wrestling, or whatever, and I like Vern, and he's good at wrestling. Yeah. So then when we get more clips of Vern wrestling, yeah. and like a lot of it that I saw, Quinn, a lot of wrestling clips here. Great. This is where I understood 
why in a lot of movies, like let's say No Holds Barred, for example, yeah. we reviewed that last year, they usually like action up the wrestling yeah. scenes with fake sound effects and loud. This is just wrestling, like Gordon's film room. Of course, uh, injuries uh, in, in such a uh, violent body contact sport as a professional wrestling. I had um, the Sony headphones on that we use for the podcast for this. <laughs> yeah. So I was speaking of the sound effects. I could hear like everything when mm-hmm. I was watching this. Yeah. And um, I noticed like in all these wrestling scenes, there's like, like I noticed in like the next one, there's like weird girl sound slapping like really like it's the, the sound effects are really bizarre and it's like, huh! and like, <laughs> like all that bullshit is there. It's present. We get more blathering by Lou Grant yeah. about how Vern's getting older, but he always still wins, and he has this deadly dropkick to sleeper combination. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so then we see that combination in slow motion, and yeah. I have to say, holy shit, this is boring. This is a 1970s AWA match that we're watching. Yeah. You're watching a movie of wrestling, right? which you shouldn't be. That's not the way this should work. And if I recall, when, he's, when they're showing this part here, right, it's Nick Bockwinkle he's fighting in this... Is it sequence or whatever? You might be right. And that's where I I first noticed the weird sounds. Right, right. So Vern wins this match, and then we finally get the formal opening credits, and it's a Gagne Frank production starring Ed Asner, Elaine Giftos. Yeah. Don't look a Giftos in the mouth. Thank you. Yeah. And introducing Vern Gagne and Billy Robinson. Introduce? Yeah, like they did more movies after this. Yeah. (laughs) Can I I just say one thing? You can say as much as you want, Quinn. Because... This is horrible. I, I, I wanted to note this because this happens in other matches too, but sure. the match like right before yes. the credits, mm-hmm. <laughs> the music gets all bombastic. And oh I swear God. to you, music's bad. I, I swear to you, it's the music from Taxi Driver, the movie with Robert De Niro. Yeah. I seriously thought like Robert De Niro was going to run in with a mohawk mid match. Like it was like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> like it sounds like that part when he walks into the, the pimp hotel at the end and, yes. he, and he shoots everyone. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so and we, that's what leads into these credits. You know, we have a, yes, you're right. We have a screenplay here by Eugene Gump. And I swear that's <laughs> got to just be Vern Gagne under an alias. You don't think that's real? <laughs> Eugene Gump. Well, Force Gump hadn't come out yet. Stop it. Unless so we, we're talking about Bubba Gump Shrimp, which probably existed at this point. We cut to <laughs> this awful looking office, you know, with the orange carpet and the shitty wood desk. Yeah. And some lady named Debbie, we find out, answers the phone. She's like, hey, wrestling office. Yeah. Wrestling office. Can I also say that they made the office look like way too like big and grandiose from the outside the establishing shot yeah. looked like a public library but then <laughs> yeah, inside it's just like a dump yeah it is it's a dump and in walk the crusher and dick the bruiser who, yes. let's meet them here because these guys do pop up later. Yes, they're like the comic relief <laughs> of the movie. They're like, hey, it's 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 Cruiser and Bruiser. <laughs> Cruiser! And then they're here, you know? like Boom, 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 boom. You know, they yeah. should have like the Bulk and Skull sound effect right, with them. Except they're like good guys. Yeah, but then but again, Bulk and Skull became good guys. They're so. just doofy, yeah, these two. Exactly. They're like, boom, 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 boom. Anyway, Jim Barnett's on the phone. Who cares? By the way, a Jim Barnett <laughs> reference in 1973. <laughs> like, who the hell knows who that is? No when one! 
watching this movie. I don't know who the audience for this movie is. Yeah. But anyway, Crusher and Bruiser like pick up this Debbie for a while. I guess they want to have sex with her later. I'm not okay, sure. This Debbie, I just called her secretary for the That's whole fine. movie. Her name's Debbie, yeah. But um she flirts with like everyone. Yeah, like, I noticed that. Every single not just Lou Grant, the main character. No, like, no. like Bruiser and Cruiser and, yeah. and like Billy and and, and, and Willie. And, and Willie. <laughs> like anybody who exists in this movie, she flirts with. Yep. And uh, Lou Grant comes in. We kind of established that he's Lou Grant, you know, yeah. kind of an asshole. Right. Apparently, we uh, Lou Grant here gets a phone call from Vern's wife. Yeah, and 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 Lou here looks like he needs an Alka-Seltzer or something. He like, does. He's all grumpy. He's such yeah. a grump here. Yeah. Apparently, Vern's wife wants him to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a, a couple of name drops here. We get Gene Kaniski and Bill Watts get name dropped. <laughs> yes. Bill Watts has to get mentioned in this, Quim. Mm-hmm. Cowboy Bill. <laughs> <laughs> he opened the door. Yeah. So then um, Debbie answers the phone again. And some uh, something about Billy Graham and Wahoo McDaniel are going to be in the main event yeah, or something. I just, I just wrote name drop, name drop, name drop. It is. Like, it's just a bunch of names. She also says Wahoo McDaniels, which is not his last name. <laughs> and I don't like that. Anyway, we see that Lou's heading right over to uh, Vern's wife's house. Yeah, so. as the secretary continues to flirt with him on his yeah, way out the, the door. Hell? First of all, folks, she's probably like... 29. She might be 30 years younger than Ed Asner. Yeah. I swear. Ed Asner is old as balls already. There's multiple <laughs> times in my notes where I wrote flirt, flirt, flirt when she's in the scene. <laughs> like, because, true. like, literally that's all she's doing. So here at uh, Vern's house, uh, Lou is there with Vern's wife. And she's very upset because some other guy that's the same age as Vern died in the ring le- recently. And Lou is like, look, he's he's fine. Yeah. He doesn't need to retire. It's okay. So then they decide, let's fire up the projector here. <laughs> the and- film project- like we're in Gordon's film room <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden. Let's watch some wrestling. Let's watch Dory Funk Jr. Yeah. And then here's where we find out, folks. This is a plot point of the movie. Mm-hmm. There's not many, so <laughs> this this one's important. Um, Lou explains to Vern's wife that a lot of the promotions here have been discussing doing like a Super Bowl of wrestling. Oh, you mean WrestleMania? Yeah. Basically, in 1973, the fact that they're talking about that is kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, champions fighting champions. And here I have to mention: look, Ed Asner's an actor. You know, he's yeah. the, the professional actor, the only one on this set. Even he's not that good in this because the script isn't good. The no. movie's not good. Like, no. Um, I have a theory about this. Go ahead. About this whole thing. You know how, like, Vern is the executive producer, right? Yeah. You know how he knew a lot of people in the Midwest? Yeah. And you know how Ed Asner was the star of a show? Not maybe the star, but, you know, one of the co-stars of a show that took place in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It was a very popular show by 73, 74. Right. And it very prominently took place there. I mean, the, the, the cities featured in the opening sure. and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think Vern knew Ed Asner, and Vern had a shitty script, and he wanted a movie made, and Ed Asner was his friend, and, and said, I'll do, yeah, sure, because it probably didn't take long to film this movie. It doesn't look like it. Yeah. And I want to make something clear, folks, here. This is not bad in the sense that No Holds Barred is bad, mm. where it's like there's stuff going on. There's nothing going on in this, for the most the part. The problem is nothing's going on. That's why it's bad. Yeah. So it... You're not going to turn this on. Well, you shouldn't turn it on. But if you do, you're not going to turn it on and be repulsed no. in the way that you would with, like, you know, a no holds barred. With I like, think you're going to be snoring, but you might not be awake. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> the point we want to make. So if this review reflects that mentality, yeah. now you understand why. Well, there's other problems. Oh, like, don't worry. I mean, we're just getting warmed up yeah, here. <laughs> this is just the beginning. <laughs> All right, Quinn, I'll tell you what. Why don't we take a little break in the. Uh, 
quote unquote action here. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> action, you know, yeah. g- good action. Good is, action. And folks, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause here, but we will be back with more hot review <laughs> right after this. Excuse me, uh, ma'am. Hi. I don't mean to disturb you, but I have some news I think you're going to love. You see, Pepsi is doing this great deal with the movie Home Alone. Well, now it's out on video, and here's the best part. You buy the video, you buy Pepsi, and then you send Pepsi proofs of purchase, and are you ready for this? You're sitting down. They send you five bucks. What do you think about that? Who cares? Pepsi, Home Alone, and five bucks. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us here on our very special Christmas episode as we review, Quinn, the wrestler from 1974. Yes. It's been thrilling so far, hasn't it? Quite, quite the thrills. <laughs> quite just, the burn. There's nothing like watching Lou Grant for an hour and 41 minutes, huh? Nope. Nothing <laughs> like it. All right. Well, I guess we'll get right back into the action here. As they do their homework here, you want to you <laughs> list some of the wrestlers we see? In the tapes? Yeah, go ahead. All right, you want me to? Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Well, Pedro Morales. Oh, yeah, Pedro. Oh, our favorite (laughs) crappy Pedro. And they, you know, they say he's the the WWF champion. Yeah. I think they don't say WWF. They say, like, Northeast champion or something. And they also say Dory Funk is, like... The NWF, which he... Did they say NWA? Because I thought they said like they don't middle states. Like they were just saying regions because I don't think they wanted to say um, right companies. Now to be fair, uh, Dory Funk was the NWA champion by I think he when this was filmed. I think seventy four yeah. was he was close to Terry. Yeah, he well, had. he already looks near seventy four. I already <laughs> looks like he's sixty five yeah. in the intro here. And uh, and Pedro was the WWF champion. Any other wrestlers, Quinn, that we got to mention? Here? Um, not really in yeah. there. That's just establishing that the champions. Don't worry, we will see more. We later. get more. Yeah. So he's going to try to work. He promises Betty that he'll work on getting Vern to retire. So yeah, after like she cries and it's like, oh sad. Randy. Yeah, and she so, basically like, oh Randy's him. <laughs> yeah, basically she's Miss Elizabeth. The whole movie. <laughs> so then we get the scene of the the movie here. We we clip to a sauna and it's yeah. um oh god a shirtless Lou Grant laying down in the sauna, very furry, very very furry. Okay, like yeah. George Steele territory of furry. Right. And some sleazy old guy named Joe wanders in. He's like a mobster type guy. But I call him Fat Gambler Man. I am notes. so fine with calling him Fat Gambler Man, Quinn. That's, that's okay. That's his name to me. That's his real name. He's also in a towel with no shirt, a little less furry. Is this necessary? I do not <laughs> want to see these guys in the towels. Like, this is disgusting. So, <laughs> some fat fucking gambler, mafioso man, it's talking bad. to Lou Grant in a towel. <laughs> The wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> so basically the whole point here is that he's trying to um, bet on wrestling and he make money. He gives him a business proposition. Basically. Basically the, to fix the wrestling. Yeah, yeah. He'll give Lou 10% of the action here. And Great. he says he's got two guys outside that are going to keep uh, Lou in the steam bath if he yeah. doesn't agree. And then who wanders in, Quinn, but Crusher and Bruiser? Yes, yeah, so our comic relief, they wander in and, you know, they're they're threatening and yeah. blah, blah, blah. They, they're, they look disgusting also, sweaty yeah. and no shirt. By the way, all this whole proposition, mm-hmm. this is where, like, the confusion about, like, is wrestling a work or right. is kayfabe real in right, this? Right. Do, I think we need to, like, address this because part of this movie is, like, no, it's 100% right. real, like, the moves matter and all this bullshit. And the other half of it is, like, you got this whole other world of it that's like, oh, the, the matches are fixed and, like, blah, blah, blah. 
to the best of my comprehension, yeah. wrestling's real in, in this, this movie. In this movie, right? Yes. And this guy is essentially trying to make it fake. <laughs> this, so you're saying ga- Fat Gambler yeah, Man is he's like... He's trying to like establish like kayfabe and be like, no, fix the matches because they're not fixed now. You say now. that, but I, we'll get to a scene later on where then it's like... I know, it's then tough. It, it like tears the, that apart. But you where we're, I mean? yeah, but at this point in the movie where we're at, so far, it's like this Vern guy or Mike Bullard, he's a real wrestler and he really always wins against right. everybody. He's, he's a bastion of hope <laughs> yeah. to real wrestling or something. I don't. That's fine. Fucking weird. It's a weird film. Yeah. So um, we go back to uh, Lou Grant now eating chicken at his desk. And- yeah. <laughs> Actually, okay. So I, I wrote um, like greasy shit. However, yeah. I noticed that the cu- the cup he had was mm-hmm. a McDonald's cup. It was. Yes. He's eating McDonald's chicken. Yes. Yes. I don't know what kind of chicken they have at McDonald's but in like, 1973 in Minnesota. It looks disgusting. It does. But guess who shows up? Lord, Lord James, James Bleers. I, was it Lear? Bleers. I said Lear Bleers. And, Bleers. I, and all I said to myself, I literally said this at the, like, I yelled it at the, like, computer screen that I was watching it on. I was like, who? Yeah. Like, who the hell is this guy? He has a contender for, they're, uh. They're acting like he's, like, this known wrestling personality he basically storms in and he tells lou he's like look i got someone that could beat vergani i got a great guy so of course let's bust out the projector yes <laughs> second all second time already he and you know what the funny part about it is yeah he just like kind of like barges behind lou's desk yes, and like he just he's like here's the projector i got it and, <laughs> and he like, pulls like a film reel out of like, his I coat just, yeah just keep this projector <laughs> film with me is this like what people did in the 70s they just carry instead of like vhs tapes or so. dvds they just carried around projector film <laughs> and like everyone just had a projector like yeah. a, a handy <laughs> it's ridiculous so Lou takes a sip of his McDonald's soda pop here and yeah. then we watch uh, Billy Taylor who is Billy Robinson yeah. who you might not have heard of if you like the WWF only you might not have heard of if you didn't watch wrestling in the 70s <laughs> like seriously Billy Robinson is the big like he's rival 70s, yeah. and like he's to me he's more 60s but he kind of is. I right. mean, he's not that young here anymore. And no, this is, they're acting like he's young, though, too. He's, he's probably pushing 40. I'm guessing. I don't yeah, know how old he was. Yo- he's younger than Vern, but oh, not yeah. by much. Not by much. Yeah. And um, so we watch him wrestling in Japan. So we obviously know that that was a six-star match. <laughs> yeah, Japan matches. Match. What is this, like, 70s Meltzer? That's who Lord James <laughs> Beers is or whatever. Match. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> so, Dave was probably like, this is Dave's contribution as like a young 14-year-old yeah. to this, this thing. <laughs> so anyway, Lou is impressed, we need to mention. Lou is very, very impressed. By the way, it's just like a normal, like, anything. Like, know, it's, it's not, it's, wow, this guy's incredible. Like, like Lou is just like, this is unbelievable. Now, did you catch who he compared Billy Robinson to? This will really make you feel young. No. Frank Gotch. <laughs> Really? Yes! Come on! <laughs> Frank Gotch! Who knows who that is? <laughs> Not e- even in the 70s, he's like a relic. He's dead! Yeah. <laughs> he's so dead by the 70s! That he didn't he fight like Hackenschmidt in like 1905? I don't know. <laughs> I'm this, not even kidding! You can tell this movie was made by Vern Gagne. I know. Like, like a lot of exactly. the stuff in it is just like referencing like old things. Like, you have to remember, it's like, Vern is, like, from the 20s or whatever. Like, he's old as shit. He's not from, he was born in the 20s. Right, he's he, not but like he has, from a, he's an upbringing he's in not, the, like, depression I in, know. in the roaring 20s. He's, and not, shit. he's not Strangler Lewis levels of old. No, I just mean that his, like, that's, like, when his, like, when his coming of age is, I right? Agree, yes. Like, when that's, like, 
remember when they're like in the AWA showing like his childhood? It's like all these like twenties and thirties pictures. But even in the in the DVD, they're like <laughs> like the ragtime music yeah, playing. Like that's it's how like, you that's, know they're talking about old shit. Yeah, and that's the guy. That was his childhood. That's who we're talking about. That's the kind of things he thinks is hip. So you like, think gosh. he's the one? That- <laughs> like yeah. The Frank Gotch wrestled like when the Ottoman Empire was still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yeah, Before well, World War One. Yes. <sighs> okay. Let's move on here. The, the folks, occasionally you're going to have to forgive us. We're going to have to tangent to break up the monotony yeah. of this film. Yeah. It, um, well, I mean. <laughs> it's not good, but Merry Christmas, and yeah. we hope you have a good week. Uh, we cut to the gym where Billy the, is sparring with someone. I didn't catch who. A lot of sweaty 70s yeah. men working out. I and, think I saw Patera in there. Did you catch him? I, I saw him in I the gym I thought that there. was him, too. Yeah. I just didn't want to say it because I wasn't sure. However... What kind of fucking gym is this, Joe? Because why, where do they have, like, a wrestling mat and, like, people wrestle in the gym, like, L- normally? Lake is this M- a, just gyms in Minnesota? Lake Minnetonka? Yeah, Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> Joe, I swear that, that house is in this. That lake is in this. Yes, I think it is, Later too. on, towards yeah, the end. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that caught that. Yeah. You gotta remember, folks, Quinn and I watched this several. <laughs> we haven't even talked about this movie, yeah. really, at all. Uh, anyway, I need to uh, make mention here, and, and Quinn touched upon it, the lighting in this film is truly awful. <laughs> Like, you cannot see what's going... It looks like someone rubbed, like, charcoal all over the negative. No, you know what it is? You know what it really is? It's They're using film cameras, right? Yeah. But they didn't obviously have the money for lighting. They didn't. There's they, not enough so light. maybe there's, like, one light. There's not a full lighting rig. <laughs> one light they just keep, like, carrying around with them. Right, because they're in this gym. This gym looks like if it was filmed without any light, like, professional right. camera lights, right, right, like, right. at all. That's a fair point. Yeah, it's just like, no, they just took the camera in in the gym, you know? So, yeah. so we see uh, Billy wrestling. He's doing, like, a bunch of headlock takeovers over and over again. Right. Then he comes over and he meets Lou Grant, crikey. And uh, Lou wants to have Billy Taylor, Billy Robinson, mm-hmm. wrestle Nick Bockwinkle in an exhibition match in Chicago. At the Boys Club. At the don't, Boys Club. Don't forget the Boys Club. It's important. This is Baywatch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I gotta say, not only is the lighting bad, the dialogue can be really tough to hear. Oh, like, it, it, well, I could hear it fine. You headphones. He, here's the thing. It's not, it's not well good. good. No. It's not good either. It, I mean, I just wrote deals are made and Billy agrees. <laughs> it's pretty much true, right? It, it's just like, and also name drop, name drop, name drop. Yeah. It's like listen, all these people, Nick Bachwinkle, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Bachwinkle, that's the funniest. Yeah, uh, Stevens, Crusher, Bruiser, yep. blah, blah. They just keep saying names. A lot of it is a who's who of the AW. UA. Like, right. And too bad Bobby Heenan's not in this. Yeah, it's weird he that there. he didn't make it. Right? Oh, it's weird man. because there's somebody else who makes it that's very notable yep. later, and he's nobody by this point. There's some there's some good appearances in here. Mm-hmm. Don't get us wrong. So anyway, uh, Lou happily storms back to his office and tells uh, the secretary all about this, yeah, uh, Debbie. Uh, yep, as they flirt some more. They flirt, yeah. but she cannot believe. Debbie is firmly on Team Vern. Yes, she- she's like, nobody beats Mike <laughs> Bullard. <laughs> yeah, he, and meanwhile, Lou is like, this is the Super Bowl. This is the problem of the Super Bowl is solved. Yeah, like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have Billy fight Vern, right? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So we get a clip of superstar Billy Graham giving yes. a promo. Yes. Thankfully, something good. Yes, somebody who knows how to talk. <laughs> I don't even remember what he said. I didn't write down what he said. It's just like at least a good promo. It's at least like, like, wrestling, <laughs> daddy. <Yeah. laughs> and I'm going to be in the movie, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah. Do you know what professional wrestling is, little man with the sunglasses on? Professional wrestling is pain and blood and pulled tendons and broken bones. Weird. We need to rewind one second because ahead, there Quinn. is a weird in-between here. 
flirt, flirt, flirt out into the hallway. Yes, they do flirt. And they go into this weird echoey hallway, and, like, Lou is concerned that Vern is too old for this shit, basically. That's true, yeah. Like, and they establish that, like, basically, like, that's his true concern, and he, like, lets the secretary know. Yeah, and that's the only person, really, that he lets know the whole time. Yeah. He thinks that Vern's gonna get beat. Also, right. He, he thinks Vern's going to get beat. Right? He does. That, and that's when they go to the the whole like, daddy and all yeah. that bullshit. But like, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. It is a plot point. So yeah. that's good. Uh, so anyway, we we have this bloody Wahoo and uh, Billy Graham. I just saw a midget in the crowd. Yes, and- <laughs> I did too. What was that? No, Just because. How? Okay, Joe, for one second here. Yes. Just on an aside. Sure. Notice how we've only ever reviewed two movies now, right? Yes. And. Both had midgets in Because <laughs> if you remember, Tyrion Lannister yes. was from, from Game of Thrones Is was in Noble's part. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just it's something you got to do. this midget was not credited. He was just somebody in the crowd. But also, like, midgets in the crowd, it, it just makes wrestling more sideshowy. Is that the point? Or do you think like, that's a real crowd and there was a real midget in the real crowd? I think he was just a plant. You think? Yeah. You think Vern? Or they got- didn't? They couldn't get a kid to be excited. So Come on, Quinn. Joe. Yeah, it's 1973. That's true. G- judging by the other next nearly racist things that go on in this movie, fair point. I, we'll get I, to that. Do you really? Would you put it above them to say? Well, we can't afford to get somebody's kid to do this because we'd have to get the parents' permission. So <laughs> what parent just... <laughs> would consent to their kid being in this? Right. By the way? So let's just pay a midget. <laughs> Shut up! But you can tell that he's a midget. <laughs> yeah, but kids can't tell. Yes, they're they just can. like he's my size. <laughs> what kid would want to even go to wrestling in 1973? What is he, Vern Gagne? Yeah, wait till we get to the boys' club to see how <laughs> interested they are in that. <laughs> it's so funny when we get to that point. So anyway, Graham misses a knee drop off the top, and somehow Wahoo has just announced the winner, which I, we'll find out in a second. Horribly bloody match, horribly bombastic music, <laughs> like the taxi driver music's like bum bum bum, like. Like all through it, it's absurd. I also. Why is the music so loud too? I don't know. Why does it seem like somebody is getting murdered? Like by know. the music. I also noticed that when Wahoo was announced the winner, one guy is just like boo. Yeah. Did you also notice that it was an Indian strap match? I didn't catch it actually. Yeah. Is they, that true? And they actually say at the very end, the winner of the Indian strap match, <laughs> Wahoo. <laughs> so tonight's main event, which was supposed to be Wahoo Graham earlier, we heard. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> no. There's another match. It's Ray Stevens, the Crippler, versus Jack Cutter, the Cutter or Cotter, as I heard it initially. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, I literally called him. Cotter the whole time. That's fine. Welcome back. Well, and yeah. <laughs> we cut to the locker room now, where a shirtless Vern is wandering around, and a very grumpy and very bloody Billy Graham storms in, yelling. Now, did you notice this? A guy that looks like Larry David takes Cotter's pulse <laughs> as Graham complains. <laughs> Larry David? Yeah, that's who Graham's yelling at. What's his problem? He's just pissed because he lost. <laughs> that's all it is, Yeah, huh? and, and he just is like, it, meanwhile, like, Cotter's getting his pulse 
taken. And then Billy, uh, Billy uh, Taylor and Lou Grant wander in in the meantime. Right, exactly. And now we just uh, go to this wrestling match. It's yeah. essentially we're going to watch Ray Stevens versus Jack Cutter Cotter here yeah. <laughs> in a wrestling match. And it's shot like it's Gordon's film room. Now, they've pretty much hinted at like something bad's going to happen to Co- Welcome Back Cotter here because of the Pulse thing. Yes. Like, like that's the thing with that. It's like, oh, look, he's old. They have to like give it, check it, give him like, medical. He looks like Vern he looks Jr. Like Vern. It's Not, like, he looks like Vern Sr. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he looks older. Uh, it's a bunch of horse shack, if you ask me. Stevens with a stomp off the top rope. <laughs> And he gets DQ'd. So that's why Billy Graham lost for no reason, because of the knee drop from the top rope. Right. So Stevens is now DQ'd, and then the ringside doctor comes in. Yeah. Boring headlocks, <sighs> by the way, that whole match that, also. Oh, my God, it was Like, awful. it was terrible. And bombastic music popped in again. You have to. Well, that's the yeah. only music they have, I feel like. The ringside doctor says that um, Jack Hutter is dead. Yes. Did we really need this to happen in this movie? <laughs> okay. Dying so, in the so ring... For- First of all, I just want to note a couple of things Go about ahead. how they address the death. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> one happened today. The doctor, like, mic'd up, yells, This man is dead! <laughs> and then the music goes, bah, bah, bah! <laughs> And then the announcer, not only that, the announcer, as soon as he says it, like, the mic drops from the ceiling, right? And it's like, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen! This man is dead. And like it's like it's like really like that's they, they can't they can't like don't they have any sympathy for this man? Jack Cutter is dead, and no one seems to care really. Yeah, that's the so best part. <laughs> yeah, because then the reporters come to talk to Lou after that. Yes, and that scene. Is this is very this funny. is okay. This is again where we get to the confusing like yeah. what is. Cape Fay real? Like, yes. I don't understand. And I think that's the point of this scene, right? Because Lou's sitting there talking to all the, re- the s- reporters, sports writers. Yeah. None of them give a shit that this guy died. Yes. My, fa- <laughs> my favorite line here is Lou it makes like, is all mad that the reporters show up like because somebody's dead or whatever and he's like mad that you know not enough of them show up. Yeah. Right, whatever, right? The reporter's actual response, and I quoted this, it says who, who really, really cares? cares? Who really cares? Gorilla should have just kind of, who cares? <laughs> Honestly, that's... that's <laughs> and then, and then, yes. like, after Lou's upset about that, the next line from the reporters is, pro wrestling is strictly entertainment. And I say, preach. Exactly. <laughs> and Lou is like, well, the fans care. There's fans in Canada and Germany yes. and India. Lou preaches back to them. And then we get a name drop of Iron Mike DiBiase among Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> amongst a bunch of other wrestlers and Lou's like, look, all these guys died in the ring. Yeah, he also says <laughs> things like the championship belt is worth $25,000 and yes. that's like the stakes. Because one of the writers is like, what do you make, 75 bucks for doing this? Right. Which is and, more true. And I will say this, I appreciate Lou Grant defending wrestling yeah here. i wonder if Vern wrote that part <laughs> but at the same time it's also a mix of shooting kayfabe the whole conversation the it's whole like thing entirely confusing right and the sports writers are actually accurate they're like yes. no one really cares about this stuff and it's entertainment they're right, right. they're right they're actually correct but also lose right <laughs> he is so it's two people arguing right points but it's just ultra like so is it real it's I, not re- yeah. it's real yeah it, like that's <laughs> and by the end of the conversation i'm like is it real or is it's it real. not real it's it's real i think it's I still real it's still real to me damn it <laughs> i don't know it's real well cuz one of the I don't know. 
I don't know. One of the writers had the point of like, well, why did the guy die? Did he like hit him too hard? And Lou like doesn't have a good answer. Well, one of them even they don't say it, but he infers. He says like, oh, what? He's going to come back next week. Like, oh, really? Yes. Like, <laughs> I didn't catch that. Like, yeah, just like like that it's like a stunt or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. So basically the whole point of the scene is Lou is defending the integrity of wrestling. Yes, and there's a plot point here, too. Exactly. It's, the it's, writer gets the name of Billy Taylor from right. Lou. Yeah, Vern says it's not a secret. Uh, Vern's going to fight Billy Taylor or something. Right. But, like, he didn't mean to say it. Yep, so he, now... He, he was, like, all sad, and he just set, blurted it out. Now the media knows, and we get yeah. a shot of a plane landing in Minneapolis. And there's been clearly a time jump here right because they a little they, bit because they they mentioned somehow like lou's been away on business For a little bit and, yeah and like everybody knows about the thing yeah i think it's like what a week or so it's yeah they do say jump. you've been gone for a week, a week. somebody yeah. says that so he's like all unshaven now when he gets off the plane and then that freaking mobster guy what is a fat gambler man Fat gambling man from he's, the sauna yeah he's yeah. there to meet him this time he has clothes on and he mentions billy taylor and how it's been all over the papers and all yep. over tv he asks lou he's like hey can billy taylor beat Vern? Yeah, or he wants to buy Vern off to exactly. lose. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. it is. And Lou's like, no, they're, they're both great. I don't know. So he tries to threaten so him So this it. is, again, where I question. I yeah. say, does he not know wrestling's a work? Because the reporters knew it's a work. Or they think it is. Right. So why does Fat Gambler Man not know that? Especially if he just said he reads the papers. He, <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I think he's not supposed to be in on it. He Why is this know. so confusing? Because it's the seventies. Vern Gagne produced it, Quinn. What is the what is the established line in society? Is wrestling fake or not? You mean this society. in nineteen seventy three? This real movie. real life or this movie? I'm assuming they're going by what society thinks. Wrestling is uh, in nineteen seventy three. I don't know, folks. If you were watching back then, you weren't. But if you were, let us know. I don't know because it's very it's ultra confusing. I mean, kayfabe had been gone. For what? Since the early 1900s, right? Right. Wrestling had been fixed since, what, the 20s, the teens? Like, early. You mean, like, there was no more shoots? Correct. Right. So... Kayfabe had started then, because then that's the fake. Sorry, that's what I meant. My apologies. And Gorgeous George was a household name in the 50s. It was the first time wrestling was popular with the mainstream. Right, but it still existed before Gorgeous George. It was, like, still a thing. But do you think the people of the 50s knew that it was fake? When they were watching on television. I think they did because it, okay. the reporters seemed to know and the reporters right. would report on so it. So there you go. So then probably most people in society, they know that it's not real. They probably don't know all the ins and outs. Right. You know what I mean? But they know it's not real. Which, I, that's the thing. Is like, why did everyone get all mad at Vince McMahon like 10 years after this when he yeah. was like, it's entertainment. I guess what this all leads me to is shouldn't Fat Gambler Man's question not be, can you fix the fight? or But rather, who are you booking to win? He doesn't like, know all those terms, though, Quinn. But I'm saying, who do you have to win? You are the promoter. <laughs> he like, doesn't want to, but it's he not. Mu- <laughs> it, it, he knows it's predetermined, but, Joe. It's real. But it's, it's not, not real. It it's is real. Both. It's, like, it's still real. It's so confusing. Quinn, I don't know if I can go on without taking another break. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. Uh, I think it's time. Okay, so folks. Uh, uh, get more popcorn. Yeah, and, go get some groceries. Yeah, get more popcorn, <laughs> a, a drink, a soda maybe. We will uh, We'll be back right after these important messages. The season's premiere, Lou Grant. Hi, right, what is it? I got a tip that something's cooking at the cop house. To quote my source, a scandal of immensity. I'm turning the kid loose, George. We're going for the story. May I present Christine Farrell? Lou Grant gets involved. Tuesday at 10, 9, 7, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9, 9,
Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. As always, we thank you for being with us as we close out the year, and we do it on a very high note. <laughs> I hope you got your popcorn and groceries yeah. while you were away. Hope you did. Uh, as we continue on reviewing here, it's a... Uh, it's been fun. Let's uh, let's pick it up, Quinn. Let's do that. So Lou's not going to be intimidated. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Like he, he, this fat gambler. Oh, the fat gambler, man. Yeah. He's like, why don't you make sure that uh, Billy Taylor wins? And <laughs> yeah. Lou's like, fuck you, basically. Yeah, like, I don't care. He doesn't like him. No. Back to the wrestling office. Apparently, Sam Muchnick called. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Muchnick. She updates him on Lou and welcome back Cotter's family yeah. <laughs> and all this bullshit. That's true. Yeah. And then Betty Bullard calls in. Um, we don't see her though. All this shit. Like they oh just like God. pile it on him. Like. It's it's like lose back let's tell him everything yeah like, that's been happening like immediately like does this guy can this guy sit down and have his whiskey or whatever Ugh. and so she calls in betty bullard and she's talking to ed asner you know lou grant yeah it's a monologue by lou grant because you don't see her on the other end of the conversation so you just hear it's just him talking you don't right. know what she's yeah, it's, saying it's weird because they do other parts where they do right. show but this is a monologue yeah a lot of the dialogue is by lou grant and I really don't know what their phone call was about, other than I think she just really wants just Vern to retire. She's concerned. That's, That's it. all it is. And now I noted, I took a big note here because something occurred to me. Go ahead. At this point. Yes. Still no Vern. We're 38 minutes into the movie. This Perfect. is an hour and 41 minute movie. Yes. We are 38 minutes in and there is still no Vern. Still no sign of Vern here. But he does want to play tennis with Lou on Saturday. Yes. And so. Betty pressures Lou to have Vern retire again here. Yep. So they're going to play tennis, talk yeah, about yeah. it. So now we're about 40 minutes in, like you said. Yeah. All we've accomplished, in my mind anyway, as we take a quick pause here to mention this, is a bunch of bad dialogue. Right. Some very boring wrestling matches and a few phone calls. <laughs> yeah. That's this movie so far. Yep. I mean, honestly. Yep. With the 40 minutes in. That's a long time. We're not even like. <laughs> There's only an hour left. Yeah. I, nothing's happened. Really. No. We've just name dropped a bunch of people and we had a fat gambler, man. And, and we watched bad wrestling. Yeah. I don't like, know. A lot of this movie is just bad wrestling matches. Yeah. You know it's true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, oh, one one other plot point here before we move on to the next scene is apparently Debbie had told Vern all about the Billy Taylor situation. Yes, <sighs> and, and she's Debbie. like flirty but all apologetic about yeah, it. Yeah, she offers to like resign. Yeah, she'll give his notice and Lou like no sells <laughs> that. Like he's like no, what, what, who cares? And at this point, Joe. Yeah. I note this. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I guess it finally, like, the anger boiled up. I yes. just wrote in big capital letters, this movie sucks. Yeah, it's a good point to notice <laughs> yeah. it because, like we said, we're 40 minutes in and there's yeah. just stuff's all over the place with the plots. Yeah. And why do I care about anything? Honestly, I don't care yet. Yes. And at this point, we have a long pause because Lou no-sells, right? Yes. Then the phone rings. Mm-hmm. And then Lou goes, maybe you can talk to somebody in China. And then literally the music goes. I shit you not. This happened. It does happen. Uh, but who's on the phone? Well, Dusty Rhodes, of course. A Mac and Dream, baby. 
<laughs> so we actually do get a clip of him like in the phone at a bar and I, on the I, phone. I know here Lou immediately starts to get, yeah, yeah, bastard, yeah. like, and all, like, what? Like, it's the funniest scene of the movie, I'll yeah. give them credit, because yeah. basically you, Lou is yelling at him to, like, stop getting into trouble. Right. Because he's with Dick Murdoch. This is not established at all, by the way. It's just like, he just starts yelling yeah, at them. Yeah, it's really funny. And now, Dusty and Dick Murdoch were the uh, Texas Outlaws, I believe they were called, or the I Texas Rednecks. So. Something like I forget that. their name. Yeah. From 1969, and that, 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 you know, that match they always show yes yes like where they're in some <laughs> shitty studio so this is yeah, <laughs> where you can see the wall yeah yeah so this is like that version of dusty road still yeah. it's not the knock and dream knock and dream baby not me not uh, yet not the hard work uh bobby walker version i'm yet. just a big cowboy <laughs> yeah that, uh, that's what he is yeah. dusty you're not with murdoch are you frank you know i'm with murdoch hey we paid for the sign there was no charges so Dusty gets off the phone. He goes over to Dick Murdoch, and um, apparently they've been riding on donkeys and shooting out signs. They're dwelling about their hijinks, <laughs> yeah, like, basically. Yeah. And Dick doesn't give a shit, but Dusty's like, "Now nah, we gotta play it cool." Yeah. So that's Dusty just, wants them to be good, yeah. so that they don't get in more trouble with Lou. So then some drunk guy comes in and he calls Dick Murdoch a phony. Which, yeah. How stupid do you have to be to do that to a guy that looks like Dick Murdoch, whatever yeah. he is? Then the gong goes off. Yes, so, a gong, like an Asian gong. Right after we had the like yeah. two seconds later, it's like boom, and Asian music plays. It's like like it's seriously. Like I'm not kidding. None of this is fake. It's real. And guess who walks in? Oh, would it be Odd Job? Yes, it would be from James Bond, like actual Odd Job. And in this movie, <laughs> he is credited as Odd Job. You heard it here first. Yes, Odd Job was not only. A James Bond villain. <laughs> yeah. He's also in The Wrestler. Yes. As Odd Job. Mm-hmm. So Dick gets tripped by Odd Job as yeah. the drunk. The drunk is like in the scene the whole time. Yeah. He's like laughing and he's stuff. He's like, hee, hee, hee. Yeah. And then Odd Job like assily drinks a beer and slams it on the bar. And then he says, karate very strong, wrestlers very weak. And he breaks their table. Yeah, like with a karate chop. And meanwhile, Dusty's like, don't get yeah. involved, daddy. Like he's like, he's like, you know, you know what Lou said, daddy. Remember what Lou said. They keep saying, remember what Lou said yeah. like, to each other. So. So then, um, then he says, Karate Dele, a wrestler is very soft. And he breaks another table. Yeah, they with go, karate. They, they move to another table to try to, like, you know, avoid yeah. disaster here. And this odd job, like, does the same thing. And then the bartender, who is a wrestler, hard boiled Haggerty, by the way. Oh, really? He, yes. <laughs> he gets his ass kicked by odd job. Now, folks, odd job, I swear, has to be the inspiration for mid 80s and onward, Mr. Fuji. Right. Has it's to the be. Same thing. Top hat. The tux, the, the karate. Uh, the bowler hat. I'm Bowler sorry. Had, yeah. Yes. And that has to be where they pulled Fuji from, oh, right? Definitely. I mean, yeah, there's definitely. no question, right? Yeah. So anyway, Dusty and Dick decide, you know what? Fuck it. Let's kick this guy's well, ass. Because he beat up the bartender. Yeah. That was like the last straw where they're like, this is fucked up. Like, like enough with this we already. We need to defend these people. Exactly. Because like, they're just going to beat up everyone at this rate. So Dick, By the way, there's another Asian Bruce Lee man with yeah, him. Yeah, like, we don't know who that is. But he's basically like, he fights like Bruce Lee. Like, he does. He's, he's, he's got the, the kar- stance and <laughs> yeah. all that. He's the karate guy. Yeah. And um, he's not credited that I found anyway. No. I don't know who that is. Dick body slams him onto a table while the, or um, Ajab onto a table while this other Japanese guy takes 
takes a bionic elbow from Dusty. By the way, at one point, he yeah. body, he also body slams Oddjob onto a pinball machine. He does. He yes. does. And that's a great spot, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And Dusty with a power slam onto the bar, and he gets up from the bar with a couple of beers. Yeah. It's very funny. And this is where they do the comic relief, and they pour all the beer into the hat of the drunk. And then there's a studio audience laugh. Did you catch that? Oh, I did not catch I that. I swear there are people laughing in the background. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> and I gave that whole segment three and a half stars. It was yeah. a good match. Good hardcore and, match. Yeah, as we cut to Lou playing tennis with Here, Vern. Here's Vern's first appearance. So we're 40 something odd minutes in. 50 may, maybe. May I say when they're playing the tennis, they're playing like very shittily. Like they're <laughs> they're all, they're both like slow. Gentlemen, the type of tennis we're playing is professional tennis. Yeah, so Vern at 47 minutes. We made it <laughs> yes. to Vern. And his acting, of course, is S. Yes, it's awful. Wouldn't have to be one of those small details, would I, Frank? And uh, Lou tells Vern the Super Bowl of wrestling is almost set. Yep, and don't forget, Vern knows about Billy Taylor, but Lou isn't supposed to know that Vern knows, you know? Like, Lou right. doesn't know that Vern knows, but I bet Vern knows that Lou knows that he knows. Yes, and he, well, does. he does. And Vern is also just pissed in general that Lou did any kind of planning for the Super Bowl while he was gone, which I find very weird. Yep. Like, it's Lou's job. Yes. Like, he's a promoter. Plan, to plan this thing. Correct. Not while Vern's playing fucking tennis. Not not just, like, I, I can understand him being annoyed about the, the Billy and the Super Bowl and the Boys Club because yeah. he wasn't invited to the Boys Club. Sure. And, he, and they said, you know, Vern's always at the Boys Club and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that stuff I can, it's, that's fine. But him getting mad about the Super Bowl, it's yeah. like, Come on, really? I know, I know. And why do they just keep calling it the Super Bowl? They couldn't figure out a name like the <laughs> yeah, Super Wrestling the, Show. The, or, the like, Super Bowl's a thing. Like yeah. it's a real thing. They just Stop keep calling, calling it that. the Super Bowl the whole time. <laughs> so Vern's like, all right, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna see Billy Taylor versus Nick Bockwinkle of the Boys Club in Chicago. I'll be there. Yeah. So we go there. We go to that exhibition match and we get to see a younger looking Nick Bockwinkle. Not often you can say that. Right. <laughs> and and this is where I know none of these kids give a fuck about this match. They're just oh like my God. It's a bunch of adolescent boys that are just like... And girls. And girls. If it's the boys club, I don't know why the girls are there, but... They look like they're watching like a slideshow about ophthalmology or something. It's so boring. Yeah, it looks like they're in school. Yeah, honestly, they're just like, "Uh." hip toss by Billy Taylor. Vern is so impressed. I will say it's a competitive match. It is a good match. Vern's very impressed, though, because Billy can do like a headlock or something and hip tosses. Yeah, this is... What the fuck? This is also funny. In the middle of the match, like Nick Bockwinkle is like being a heel yeah and like lou like gets up on the apron it's like i didn't sign up for this junk yeah or whatever like he's like D- do the wrestling right or you know you know what i mean like he just gets all mad <laughs> yeah well apparently he gets so mad that like <laughs> double underhook suplex by billy and then lou just comes in and he's like yeah you won yeah there wasn't even a pin no lou's but, like i've had enough of this shit and i believe that happened in the billy graham match too there, there was no that definitive was D- ending that was a dq because he came off the top rope I thought they just ended that match. I, th- does it matter? <laughs> no, I know it doesn't matter. It's just, it to me, it establishes the idea that you can just win by doing something, like, rather than pinning. <laughs> than a pin, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's Street Fighter, like, yeah. you deplete their energy meter. Like, basically, yeah, you're out of hit points, and that's it. Like, <laughs> hit points? Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, while Lou is rambling in the ring now, Vern makes nice with Billy in the locker room, invites him to the barn! Yes. The barn, folks. So, right. Billy's like, yeah, okay, might I'll be there. And uh, I'll even eat some lamb chops with you, or whatever the hell. They talk about lamb chops. I don't know why. Right. Vern's like, I make really good lamb chops. 
tells this dialogue. It's very weird. So Lou barges in as Vern is leaving. I guess he's all suspicious. Yeah, he's all suspicious for some reason. <laughs> like that, you know, what did what did what was, Vern yeah. want? Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Then we cut to Vern in a very dark room watching Billy on a projector. With Betty. With Betty. He's explaining to her how good this Billy guy is. Yes. But he's confident he can beat him. Yeah. Betty's like, no, please retire, you asshole. But he doesn't want to. Yeah. Vern, and Betty even asks Vern if he can beat him. Yeah. And he's like, like yeah, I can do it. Yeah. Because why would you ask him? He's, of course, he thinks he's the best thing ever. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the funniest thing. He's like, there's three leagues and three champions. Funk. Morales and me. I'll give them credit. Yeah. They have the champions right for this period of time. But there's some confusion here for me. Why? Because Vern notes that he says he'll be the only champ after the Super Bowl. That's true. They didn't say anything about unifying titles. Well, here's the problem with this. There's three titles, right? Yeah. It's the 1970s. The triple threat match was not invented till the 90s. So how the hell does he... How is he going to unify the belts? Maybe those two fight each other and then he fights the winner. Well, why would he? They, I thought they're all equals. Because he wrote the movie. How come? None of it makes sense. What I want to know is how come every other wrestler is real, but he's Mike Bullard and not Vern Gagne? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? So my only theory is this, and I think it's time to address this. Go ahead. We're at the halfway point. So I think that Vern, in his brain, mm-hmm. thinks of himself as two people. I agree with you. He thinks of himself as Lou Grant's character. The promoter. The the promoter guy. Yep. And Vern Gagne, the wrestler, right? So Vern, when he made this movie, said, well, Vern Gagne is two people, right? So if I split them out into two people, they're two separate people with two different names. So there's Mike Bullard uh-huh. and Frank Brian Bass. Flanagan or whatever <laughs> his name is. Lou, Lou Grant. Yes. Yeah. So those are like two versions of Vern, right? So that's my that's my guess. Now, do you think that he wanted Lou Grant because he's bald? Yes. He okay. wanted the promoter version to be that. To be bald also. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. That's fair. So anyway, after the Super Bowl, yeah, one champion, him. She, I don't know. Again, I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't get that either. They, they never explain it. But she doesn't, she doesn't really give a shit. She's like, can you just fucking retire when well, this is over? this is where she makes one, like... <laughs> like um like proclamation that he agrees to yeah she says she says if you the next match you, you lose you retire no matter what right yeah, he's like okay and he agrees mike please promise me you'll retire after the next match you lose no matter what happens all right so we clip to Vern, and he's showing clips Introducing opponents for everyone, the rookies. For the rookies that'll be meeting. I'll rattle off some names for you if you want. Sure, because I, I, I got them too, but go ahead. I got Fritz Von Erich. Yes, uh, the two-footed <laughs> Von Erich. <laughs> uh, one-footed v- Vachon, yes. Mad Dog Vachon. Another, another one, one-legged. One-legged Mad Dog. So uh, we got two feet and one leg. That's the, three feet. Speaking of bodies, the uh, Briscoe Bod- <laughs> Brothers <laughs> Body Shop's own Jack Briscoe. Yes, not not the other one. No, now we're going to run you over with our cars. <laughs> and, and now we're going to st- kill you, Briscoe. Stomp on you and yeah. fuck you, WCW. Not, not Gerald. <laughs> we'll knock your socks off of you. We'll beat the crap out of you and kick you in the dirt and watch you roll over and die. Uh, Johnny Weaver. Who? Yeah, I don't know. This one's great. Danny Hodge. Crushing apples all day long. Yeah. Wrestling bears. He's still wrestling in the 70s? <laughs> Isn't he like 83? Not back then? Danny Hodge uh, fell off a cliff. <laughs> and, he, and he didn't care. So yeah. what he did there is he went to DraftKings.com. Uh, <laughs> egg-sucking dog. Tiger. 
Yeah, and then he also fell off a bridge, <laughs> fought a bear, yeah. and saved a girl, and all, and walked back afterwards. He's pretty much Paul Bunyan of wrestling. Yeah, in the snow. Don't worry. <laughs> in the snow. Uphill. In Antarctica. Yeah. The Sheik Ed Farat, Farhat. Yeah, like Sabu's <laughs> fog hat. Uncle Dad or whatever. Uncle Dad, his Uncle Dad. Yeah. Uh, Bruno San Martino? Yes, and this is funny. They just go, and great wrestler Bruno San Martino. That, and then they just move on. <laughs> They're like, like, fuck you, Vince McMahon Sr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go get that your beds. Now, not Mac Rivera, but Victor Rivera. Victor. Who the hell is that? Is I don't he, know. Is he Mac's dad? I hope so. And Bob Geigel. I didn't even know he was wrestling at this point. <laughs> In like that half of the century. What did they say his nickname was like I don't remember like big footed Bob Geigel or Texas Cowboy Victor Bob Geigel they, they said some like weird like name double quarter pounder Bob Geigel <laughs> yeah so then he introduces because this is professional wrestling Olympic gold medalist Dan Gable now is he related to Chad Gable from Shut WWE I, that's what I that's what the first thing I thought I was like I actually rewinded back it's like did he say Gable he did. and then like I was like holy shit are they related <sighs> so he's gonna demonstrate some Olympic holds with Mike Graham. Yes! And he's all big and like has long hair and you can't even recognize him. It's not the like thousand guitars never drew a dime. Like it's not that version. It's just like young. <laughs> now I forget Quinn. We were watching recently Starcade 84 and Mike Graham had a kick-ass match. Remember that? He was awesome! But he, <laughs> he was real really... fat and <laughs> shitty like that and blue tights and ah! crappy he looks like junk here so this is you know what this also kind of made me realize yes like this was filmed during Vern's like great big like class of people that would actually become something correct like ken patara and rick yeah, flair and the all iron sheik and yes, stuff exactly like, and that's kind of cool actually is that those guys got some exposure through right. this movie i swear that this whole scene like might not have even been filmed for the movie. It's just like Vern actually doing his class, and they threw oh, it yeah. in here. Oh yeah, I think. Well, I mean, the parts where he's giving speeches. I know, was no. definitely like. But it's like it's definitely a takeoff of what he really did at the oh, time. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's like an advertisement for the school. And I will say this: Dan displays like the most boring wrestling holds, oh, and I'm like God. falling asleep. We basically and, get and Vern acts like it's like the greatest thing. It's like oh great great yeah. holds it's like he just does like hip toss or something ankle takedown fireman's carry side headlock takeover yeah. he only escape. does like four things too and here's something Vern says he says fellas yeah. you've just seen the world's greatest amateur wrestler in action and even <laughs> the Russians agree to that fellas you've just seen the world's greatest amateur wrestler in action and even the Russians agree to that like what? I thought that was a funny line yeah. so that's all for the amateur wrestling excuse right. me you now know? Vern introduces the style of wrestling what is that's that, become the prevailing style of wrestling oh tell me professional wrestling chat me up about professional wrestling yeah. all right so <laughs> this is the infamous line that we always make fun of that's like it's redundant it's almost like allow myself to introduce yes. myself it's like this is the style of wrestling that is the best style of wrestling and it is professional wrestling what <laughs> what the fuck does that mean <laughs> it's professional you get paid to do it so to demonstrate some of these newfangled professional wrestling holds yes is uh, billy taylor with jim brunzel if you will yeah and Vern explains that this is not like olympic wrestling you dumbass rookies yeah. that have never watched wrestling ever in your entire so, lives i have a couple notes about that go ahead Vern acts like it's all real right of course and all of it's boring what he's explaining yes right? And Vern thanks them for the demo and all that shit, right? Yeah. But this is where it gets, like, out of hand. Mm -hmm. 
and I need to n- note a lot of the stuff I because I, kn- I, I was really perplexed by what he was saying. Sure. Vern, like some other guys start wrestling and well, then it goes... I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. explain what happens here. Okay, yeah. Okay. So Vern notes to these dumbass rookies, first of all, right. that apparently want to be wrestlers, but they don't know what it is. Yeah. Which I wouldn't get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't know Why this are they already. Here? Yeah. yeah. He explains one of the key differences is that you can do submissions and mat throws. Okay. Right. Anyway, so like Quinn said, there's some crappy like wrestling holds. Yeah. And then we get Eddie Graham and Wilbur Snyder come in. And right. while they're wrestling, yes, Vern goes on the most Vern Gagne of Vern Gagne wrestling rants. This- this, Ever. this is good. Okay, I wrote them all down. Here we go. Vern claims the holes of professional wrestling were from ancient Egypt. What? And I'm not sure of any of the accuracy of that. He claims that Roman wrestlers... Like Roman Reigns? Yeah, like Roman wrestlers like took on this stuff, right? Okay. They brought it to Rome, right? Yeah. And one Roman wrestler was so good that he became the emperor of Rome from wrestling. And any any name drops some emperor. I'm not sure if any of that is real. Right. Then he starts talking about King Henry VIII beating up the King of France in a wrestling match using the same wrestling. Right. And then he says. These are the same holds used by George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, which the Abraham Lincoln part's accurate, but George Washington and they were wrestlers too. What the fuck? Finally, finally, at the end of his diatribe, he brings it like back to now and he's like, then he says like the ropes and the catches catch, catch can, can rules yes. were, were added like in the like this century yeah. or last century for us, 20th century. And that's when wrestling became like an American sport. I don't know. Like, this is insane to me. None of this can be really that accurate. Chat me up about King Henry VIII wrestling the King of France. How many stars was that match? Meltzer gave it three and a half. What say you? And I think you're right, Quinn. I think that this is a this is accurate. So that's what you said, right? This is all accurate. Is that what no, I, heard? I said? It it's looks, all sounds completely inaccurate. Accurate. No, no, you said this is history, right? This is true. The only part is Abe Lincoln. Yeah, Abe Lincoln was a wrestler, and as, he fought a bear and was the NWA champion and all that shit. Right? I thought Danny Hodge fought the bear. They both did. <laughs> I think I think so. I think I, Danny, we need to just ask Vern, but we can't. We so can't. let's we'll ask, ask Greg. Greg. Yeah. Anyway, this is a long monologue too. Yeah. He also explains to the rookies, and I need to address this: that wrestling is great. You work when you want to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a reason. You make a lot of money, and you see the world. Now, this is 1973-4, right? Mm-hmm. Wrestling at this time. Isn't it mainly making like $8 a night wrestling in front of like 50 people and staying at really bad motels? Basically, Isn't that being a wrestler until like Triple H made NXT? (laughs) Well, no, until like the 80s when they were all making hot money and had cocaine and stuff. But not these rookies. They would still be doing 25 bucks a night. If you think about it, though, these rookies here are the ones that would end up being in the boom. Uh, some of them, yeah, you're like, right, you're yes. right, like Jim Brunzel. And I think that's a good time to say we cut to Billy here, yes. telling stories about wrestling in Europe. They're eating in dinner in Vern's kitchen, by right. the way. Right, they're eating dinner in Vern's kitchen, <laughs> but this is the best part. Billy, like, tells, like, a story, right? One rookie says to him, was like, what did you do, Billy? And then, like, guess who that rookie is? It's a very fat, chubby, brown-haired... Unibrowed. Unibrowed Rick 
flair yes with the by the way i i did note this he had a gold watch on even that back then he did <laughs> like which is kind of funny but it is rick flair he looks more like david flair like now yeah, like, yeah which yeah. is funny but like it's definitely rick flair i looked in the cast he's in oh, this movie no, like that is him what happened this is the Ric Flair, if you're not familiar, folks, before the plane crash that he was in in 1974 right five. Yeah, right? this is like probably less than a couple months yeah. before. Like, With Johnny Valentine and those guys. Yeah. He um he was a big powerhouse style wrestler. Right, he was different. He, he lost a lot of weight after the crash. He had changed his wrestling style. This, and, is, uh, this is right before that happened. Yeah. And I believe Johnny Valentine's in the class with him. Is Johnny Valentine there? Yeah. I don't remember. Okay, well, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, so they're eating dinner. Billy's telling stories, and there's a lot of dinner rolls on the table. Vern says he's going to retire soon. That's, that's, a, that's how he says it. Yeah, and and that cuts right to Billy going to Lou's office. So Lou's on his way to St. Louis. Talk about the Super Bowl, I assume, with Sam Muchnick. Yeah, the Super Bowl. The yeah. Super Bowl. Um, Always and, the Super Bowl. <laughs> now, Billy, speaking of the flirting here, tells little Debbie over here that he was going to ask you out, but uh, after the way you look at Lou, I assume I shouldn't. Yeah, because he called her Petty Pot or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking weird. Penny Pot face what was it what did he i call don't her? know i didn't note it nor yeah. do i want it was to some like stupid affectionate yeah. like she's got like, spunk yeah <laughs> you got spunk <laughs> well yes. i hate spunk <laughs> yeah this debbie is basically a stand-in for mary tyler moore yeah she's I swear mary tyler moore. she is so we cut to a uh, a pool party <laughs> uh, yes. You always heard these stories about Vince McMahon booking by the pool. <laughs> yeah. This is where it originated from. So we get more shirtless Ed Asner. Yes. And can I say that how they open the scene was sure. funny too because they just cut to a lady's ass in the pool face down like, on like close a raft. up. Yes, they do. To her ass. Like a voyeur shot, you know yeah, what I mean? It's fucked up. So Ed this is a great scene though because you get to see a shirtless Ed Asner Yes. yelling at Vince McMahon Sr. about how Vern Gagne deserves a title shot at the national title. Yes, Vince McMahon Sr., the Vince, yeah. Vince McMahon Sr.'s dad, yep. who I don't ever remember talking, really, ever. Ever. Yeah. He is not bad, but we get some horrible acting here by Joe Dusak, who was a promoter. This is our first national contest. It's got to be good, and it's got to be fresh. We need young wrestlers, guys with vitality. What the hell are you talking about, Dusek? Yeah. Probably the worst acting in the movie is either Joe Dusek or Wally Corbo. <laughs> hell, Frank, you're making us the villain. That's exactly what you are. Mike's our friend, too, but you know we're right. And in an actual funny line, Lou's ranting about Dory Funk being bald. Yes. <laughs> the irony, That's of amazing. So, like, yeah. Vince Sr. is like... Look at him, he's old or yeah, whatever. It's like Vern. Vince Sr. is like a big bully here, Joe. It's like, awesome. He yeah, brings a little New York flair to this movie. He's just like, you can't have this old man be the champion. And this is again where we get to the whole like, so is it fixed? Right, right. Like, because Vince is like, we got to get the belt off of him for the Super Bowl, right? right. Mm -hmm. But like you said, Lou's quip back to him is like, what are you talking about? Dory Funk's bald. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody's like, but he's 32. And, and to that, I think to myself, Really? Yeah, like thirty two. Looks like he's sixty two. <laughs> like, he was always sixty two, right? Yeah. Dory Funk Jr. Yeah, like always. I think he was born out of the womb sixty two. Always yeah. old. Like yeah. at least Terry was young sometimes. Yeah, he looked good. Dory was always old. Yeah. Anyway, so the whole point here, like Quinn said, is these promoters are trying to convince Lou to get the title off of Vern, even though wrestling's real. Right. <laughs> it's very strange. And I mean, they do find a convoluted way of how that could happen they they address that yeah they do but the best thing here is vince senior puts a stop to like lose bullshit he's like look 
You either play ball here. We're doing this without you. What the hell are you going to do about that? Yeah, exactly. Frank, we've been on your back for over a year. Now that I know. Now, you either perform or the association will run the Super Bowl without you. Now, what the hell are you going to do about that? Okay. May <laughs> I note something here? You may. We're, ha- we're in a movie, right? Mm-hmm. That deals with Vern's retirement, right? God, yeah. In 1973. Mm-hmm. Now, if you recall back, I believe... I may have my years mixed up by, by like two years or so. Yeah. But didn't Vern retire in 1983? 81. 81? Yeah. So we're nearly a decade yeah. before Vern retired, mm-hmm. and we're making a movie about Vern retiring. Yeah. Doesn't that strike <laughs> you as odd in any way? Like, maybe he should have retired in 1973? I think that would have been fine if he did. Yeah. I, I don't know that the AWA would have suffered any if he wasn't the main wrestler the rest of the 70s. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, he could have given it to Bockwinkle and found... Fucking put it on Brad Rankins. He was also, always trying. He has, like, he has, like, the best roster in, ever in the, like, school thing. He has people that actually want to sit there through this bullshit. You know right. what I mean? And, and look at Olympic wrestlers and hear stories of how King Henry VIII wrestled the King of France. Yes. And they're all good, and they all would go on to become good it's true like, that's yeah. like the thing even so, mike graham mike graham was fine Vern's sitting on a gold mine but no 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 the dropkick joe and oh, he has to kick. he has to be the best <laughs> like well quinn it's time for another match yeah it's uh time for billy taylor versus the crippler ray stevens yep. is that even his name it is yeah, right with 70s cop music playing uh, yeah. very different than the taxi driver music different it's, finally it's like, like it's like very strange and louder sound effects this time too when they a do slam, it's a little louder yeah. billy does a lot of hip tosses and i have to say this whole wrestling sequence is unbelievably long for like a motion picture like, yeah you're supposed this to is keep the this longest short. match yeah and this is where uh, this is the beginning of it Joe, but there's like um this is where the filler of the movie starts. Yes. And I will know when it ends. Okay. But um because no, this is very long fill- filler. This is like I want to say about 25 of minutes bullshit. of filler. Yeah, it it's is. Useless. You're right, Quinn. You're right. Yeah. So the match ends here because Billy wins finally with like a backbreaker. And note Vern looking on in a shitty suit, like a checkered, checkered sport coat. Yeah. yeah. Concerned look on his kisser. So yeah. we cut to a song. Yeah, romantic <laughs> singer lady. What in the hell am I watching, Joseph? Filler. Yes, and this is what I mean about the filler. Yeah, it's Lou and Debbie are out to dinner now at some place where this lady is singing a song. Right. Uh, she talks <laughs> about Billy and says that Billy is not as good as Vern. But right. Lou disagrees. He thinks yeah. he thinks Billy is as good. But they're happy to be out together and flirt, they flirt, yeah, flirt. They want to do it more often. There is an odd undercurrent where they keep saying steak, and I think they mean sex. She's like, You've never tried my steak. Why don't um, I try your steak? Ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. Steak's great. As good as what I make. How the hell would I know? I've never tasted your steak. Oh, that's right. Must have been somebody else. Mm. You should try mine sometime. It's very good. No, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that means sex, Quinn. I don't want to know about Ed Asner's sex life. Ever. I really don't either. He is very too old for this. He's got spunk. Yeah. Thank you. How old is he during this? Because he looks like he's about maybe like 59, 60. You know what? He's probably, it's probably one of those unfortunate situations where he's probably like 43. You think? Yeah. I've always thought... See, here's the thing about actors back in the 70s, especially. I'll find out now as you talk. A lot of these guys, Uh their careers got started later because of World War II. Right. Did you ever notice this? That guys in that 60s and 70s range, they're usually 10 years older than they should be, but that was because of the war. Like, people got started later. You want to know how old he is? How old? 44. 
No way. Yeah. Holy shit. He's 44 shit. here. That's all he is. Oh, he my He looks like God. he's 60, folks. I mean, I mean it. He really does look like he's pushing oh. 60. 55, That's maybe. bad. He's 44 years old. He's, like, losing his hair. He's he, fat. And yeah. Like, like, old fat. You know yeah. how there's regular fat and there's old fat? Yeah, it's like old fat where you're not disappointed that he's fat. You're just like... <laughs> like hot tub fat. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, well, you know, he's an yeah. older man. Of course he's... He, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing he can do about it, right? right. Like, <laughs> like, he's a 44... Like, he's younger than Chris Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> People like that, you know? Right, like, yeah. Like, John Cena's almost his age. Right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like embarrassing. That. It is pretty. But anyway, flirt, flirt, flirt. Steak, the match steak, is going to be in two weeks. Yep. Blah blah blah. Two weeks, and then Joe, the asshole, the fat <laughs> gambler man. Yeah, he comes back this time with two goons. Right, and he puts his cigar out in. Ver, uh, loose Burns, food. like mashed potatoes or something. <laughs> he, says, he says, don't forget, I play dirty. Yeah. What, what was it, a Bugs Bunny cartoon? Listen here, bub, it's gonna be Coitons <laughs> for you. <laughs> Hell is this shit? Like, it's so stereotypical. Coitons for you, Rocky. Coitons. No. No, not that. No, no. Coitons, you understand? Coitons. So, so they're at Debbie's house. Lou's complaining about how everyone wants Vern to lose, and he's got all this pressure about Vern losing. And blah I, blah. And I, I don't know if he did it during the dinner or here, but he explains this like convoluted thing about how he's gonna like he's gonna say like you have to have the fight, yeah, and I he knows Vern is gonna say no, yeah. so then Vern's gonna have to relinquish the title, and then qualifiers to are gonna have to him. start again. Yeah, it's like no, he didn't lose a belt. I take the belt off him. Qualify blah 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 you know yeah. it's a whole convoluted plan yeah so debbie comes down the stairs now with i would say hair that is more 70s than it was before so this is what i love about this she comes down like bragging yeah right about this outfit she put on right it's like but a corduroy it, dress it's like it's awful the only thing like sexy about it is like the slit of it is like cut up to like you know like you know the ankle the, yeah. <laughs> yeah like it's like really well, it's a little higher than that she's like, wearing a crayon wrapper it's Quinn. above the knee it's like, and it's like this blue frilly thing that thing like, could say cerulean on it but it's not like that sexy it's just tight ish ish but her hair's worse her hair's fine it's worse than it was the rest of the movie anyway i think they're gonna have some steak they're gonna have some steak, right? So she invites him to sit down on the couch. I think it's sirloin time. Yes, and this is where Lou starts to explain his feelings for her, and I just want the movie to end, I write. He's like, you know, I get excited every day to see you at work. And now, the secretary says the L word. She says she loves Lou. Ugh. Blah, blah, blah. Lou says... He loves her all the way, no holds barred. He does say that. He does. I have that noted as well. I only noted that because did we need to throw in like a wrestling thing into him? Like, I, you know, yes. And then on the other hand, no holds barred. We reviewed that. We did. (laughs) I think really, though, that she's just looking to have some prime rib. Right. The the rib and the prime, and <laughs> he's afraid he's gonna lose yeah. what they have. So he which gets, I don't even get that. What do they have? Like, she they, answers they, his damn phone, and and the quips in the office or something. Is it, are they afraid that if she marries him because it's the seventies, right? That she's essentially just gonna be at his house and like make him dinner or something? And what's like, wrong with that? Yeah, but I mean, like they won't Uh-oh. have their little like 
wrestling office yeah they won't have the wrestling office like fling or whatever because like is that because of like social norms of the 70s is that what he's getting at he might be what i what i don't understand quinn is why we had to add this romantic comedy subplot into this like yeah i don't get it to the point where he gets up from the couch and leaves and then he has a conflict of interest and he comes back into her door Right. And then... And he's kind of just like, fuck it, basically. And then they shank. Yeah, exactly. But they don't show it. They just kiss as the into the <sighs> door as it closes. I'm like, oh, Lou Grant. Like, I don't want to see him making out with anyone, especially yeah. not her. Lou Grant is in a lot of weird positions, by the way, in this movie, because there's another at the end that's yeah. like, I'm not used to Lou Grant being in this position. Yeah. And, and plus the shirtless in the sauna, uh, the playing uh, tennis. He's <laughs> all over this movie. Yeah, he's a very dynamic <laughs> player. So we cut now to Billy, all excited and losing office he wants to do this match he's ready to fight Vern. and lou is like well watch out for that drop kick and yes and this like, is this is a very important thing apparently to this movie he's like i'll never hit <laughs> the drop kick is never gonna hit me like i've never been hit by a drop kick fuck you i've never been hit by a drop kick you yeah. wanker yeah like he's all he's very off. bombastic about it Vern arrives on the scene and billy says hey i want a match with you and Vern's like no way okay Vern is heel here i was like what is this bullshit this is where i'm like if you've seen this movie you know like what happens but if you haven't like at this point i'm very confused i'm like why the fuck is Vern a heel like i thought he was face like i'm so confused i have to outline something he said here quinn it's really funny yeah what he says this to billy he said you're a great wrestler but nobody knows it if nobody knows it they don't buy tickets if they don't buy tickets they don't come to the matches if the people don't know they're not going to buy tickets if they don't buy tickets, they don't come to the matches. It's almost like he's predicting 1990. <laughs> <laughs> so Vernon admits that there's a slight possibility that Billy could win, and he says he'll fight him as soon as his ankle heals. Right, his ankle. Yeah, he's clearly lying he, about and this. And he claims it was in the tennis match, yeah. which we, we know. Like They also know like Billy and Lou are like, he didn't even walk in with a limp, and yep. then when he walked out of the room, he had a limp. A big exaggerated limp. Yeah. So Lou calls him a fink. That's how you know it's the 70s with an insult like that. Great. <laughs> what a fink. Thank you. Anyway, Marty O'Neill interviews Dick Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, cut to the promos as Vern watches in a dark like, <laughs> yeah, room again. Like the dark with the fire. <laughs> like This is the the clip that they always show in the AWA DVD too. Like <laughs> Vern like, watching with his, with his fake wife. With his fake wife in his stupid dark dank house. That it, <laughs> is it ever light in this house? No, like, that's I'm what I'm ne- saying. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> so Lou appears on screen, and he talks about how Billy Taylor wants to face Vern, but Vern refused, and he thinks Vern is wrong, so he's fucking booking the match anyway, because yeah. he's the damn promoter. So this match is happening on the 15th for the title in Chicago. And and meanwhile, like, while they're watching, there's also this, like, conversation going on with Betty about, yep. like, I thought I'd never be sitting here watching <laughs> wrestling with you. Oh, Randy. Oh, Randy. And and I, I also note here, I'm like, this seems like what the house in Lake Minnetonka would look like. I wonder if they're in this actual house. Well, this we'll find out in a minute. There. Yeah. <laughs> but Vern now tells Betty here that this was all a ruse. Yeah. He set up Lou, so he booked the match he knew we would react this way he's right he worked them he so came i gotta them. say they got me here they got like, me too i i really thought like yep. so Vern's the heel in this movie and like no it just no. turns out he was just he was just goofing around he was just setting up lou his yeah. buddy you know the promoter so we cut to lou walking across some grass outside 
To a lake. To a lake uh, where Vern is working out. It is the house. It is the house. We're in Lake Minnetonka. Okay, so this this opens up a couple things to me, right? I noticed yeah. that right next door to the house was another house. Like oh, yeah? It's like a row, right? Mm-hmm. So th- whatever happened with this eminent domain thing... <laughs> A lot of people lost their homes here. Yeah, probably. Like, huh? Yeah, like this kind of sucks. It, it made me kind sad. of feel bad. And actually, like Vern kind of has an argument. What did they just like upend a suburban community so that Maybe. to preserve this fucking lake <laughs> that no one gives a shit about? <laughs> like, uh, it's, yeah. it's just weird, right? <laughs> it is weird. And and also, Vern has like a workout set on like a, a platform that can only fit. A workout thing. Yeah, it's weird. Right on the lake. That was right very strange. They, and, and then they like Lou and Vern. Yeah, they have a hearty laugh about. <laughs> yeah, they're like, ho, 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 I see you, what you made me do there, Vern. Yep. Like, and it's like, now we're friends again. And it's made clear from this scene that Vern knows he can beat Billy Taylor. So we cut to people entering the junky arena here. It's all dumpy and it's, it's like such a dump. like circus music. It's yeah. like ding, 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 ding. like it's wonder- like it's like it's really stupid. And it's like a long ass, it's a very long this establishing sequence, shot. Yeah. Like people smoking and like yep. people entering the ring yep. and like shots from the rafters. Yeah. It's like what why? Again, filler. All filler. Very filler. So Lou finally makes his way through a long hallway and he finds yet again fat gambler man yeah now you ever see my cousin Vinny? yes you know the scene where the guy keeps threatening him he's like oh, i bet you can't take this money now and finally at the end of it joe pesci just punches him yes i was waiting for lou to do this you know what well, i mean that's not what he does it's here. it's not what happens so, here let's set the stage here go ahead quinn we're getting into the main event fat gambler fucker over here comes in but now he's got like mafia goons so now yep. it's like okay he is in the mafia yeah, yeah. like they these are definitely mobsters yep and they've abducted secretary yep debbie Debbie, the secretary, yep. they're like holding her and Lou's like, how dare you unhand her or whatever, right? Unhand her. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like, yes. he's just like, this is ridiculous. And he's like, I've had enough of you. And then they all huddle into a crappy locker room. They're like, get in here. Yep. And then like, it's they start talking. It's like, this is your last chance, bub. And all like <laughs> by the by the gambler. This is your final one and bub. And then, and then basically he's like, I'll never do what you want. And then finally... <laughs> Finally, <laughs> they like viciously beat they up do. Lou Grant. Like I've never seen, like I never in my life did I ever expect to see Lou Grant with a bloody lip, and like they slam him against the lockers and all this shit. It's pretty like violent. It is pretty violent, and they threaten to do it to Debbie as well. Right. So they threaten to kill both of them. Yes. Right. And and just as they're about to like, if that's not enough for you, we're gonna do it to her too. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the bruiser and the cruiser, <laughs> out of nowhere, they're like, what's going on here? And they like barge in and I'm like, yeah! Yeah, I was like, so happy. Yeah, they like beat the fuck out it like yeah they like, do like dramatically like they like not only do they like slam them in lockers we cut to like <laughs> extracurricular clips of like now there's like some of the them door, into the door the door fell over yes and now it's like placed into position like a table yeah and like one of them just body slams like one of the mobsters like through it and it crashes like it's a total mess it's awesome it's awesome and it's actually like one of the best scenes in the movie and to cap it all off just as they 
they finish this beat down. They just finish the job, and then Vern calmly wanders in with a towel around his He's neck. He's like, what's going on hey, here? what's going on in here? Yeah. And then we just clip to ringside, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And, he, well, uh, Vern, like, consults yeah. him. He's like, are you okay? Yeah, that's it. And blah, blah, blah. So we go to ringside as Billy Taylor makes his entrance, followed by Vern the champion. The ref, Quinn, you noted, was Greg Gagne. Yes, he was. And I also noted that Billy was introduced as the Japanese champion. Yeah, which I don't know. Like, no belt. Like, like, that's not real. Yeah, I don't know. Manch. Yeah. <laughs> Ref explains the rules. And if you ever watched wrestling, those are the rules, you can, know. Can I just say this match sucks just before it even gets started? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it just it's, sucks. It's match, not match, match, match. It's a but, match. And I'll do the play by play. Don't worry. But yeah. it's, it's not good or anything. So the rules here, you know, are the wrestling rules. But. You cannot throw anyone over the top rope. That's an automatic freaking DQ. Yeah, this this goes back into the theme. I'm like, what did Bill Watts book this movie? <laughs> like, because like a guy dies from a top rope move. There's yeah. no top rope. It's anything. lethal, Quinn. It's so bad. And if you think either man has knee pads, you'd be sorely mistaken. Because of course <laughs> <Yeah>. they don't. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that uh, uh, you would note this. <laughs> yeah, I would. They shake hands and the bell rings. They circle the ring for a while with no real contact. Billy tries a single leg, but Vern gets the ropes. He forces Vern into the corner. They do some slapping in the corner real quick out of frustration. Then Billy catches Vern with a full Nelson off a collar and elbow tie-up. Vern escapes and catches Billy in a hammerlock, which Billy powers out of. He runs the ropes and does a cartwheel yes. to regain position. I, I must say this. In the middle of the match, right? Yep, go ahead. They, they cut to, like, the crowd. Yep. And there's, like, this horrible, like, they put the voices of what they're supposed yes, to be saying, they but their did. mouths are, like, saying other things. Ugh, it's and awful. it's like, get him, Billy! But, like, they're like mouths are like moving wrong yeah. or something like it's almost how like they don't they dub in a uh, cheers instead of boost for Roman Reigns yeah. <laughs> it's more it, it, I'm to kidding. be I know but it's, it's more in the vein of like in like a Japanese movie yes. like when they I, like mostly, yeah exactly yeah it's like that but American people so it's yes. even weirder very good point yeah now the way this this movie unfolded here this final match I'll get to the rest of the play by play kind of reminds me of when Bruce Lee fought Chuck Norris mm-hmm yeah. In uh, Enter the Dragon? Yes. Right? Is that what it is? Enter yeah, the it, Dragon? It very much reminds me of that because Billy is getting the upper hand here to start. Right. Both men to a standing position and Billy finally takes Vern down with a single leg into a knee bar. He lets Vern regain his own standing position but catches him in an abdominal stretch. Vern makes the ropes. We get a collar and elbow as we get some dramatic music. Yes. And about this time, right? We were like during that last sequence show. I was starting to look at the clock yeah. on the movie, and I'm like, there's like, much there's like left. three minutes left, yeah. and I'm like, nothing's happening, right? And I'm, I'm, they, they, they're clipping to Betty with a concerned look on her face, right. like, oh, Randy, in the yeah. crowd. And then finally, it like goes to the bombastic music, like you were saying. It's like, bum, 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 <laughs> do, 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 da, 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 like you know like that I do Irish whip by Billy and he catches Vern in a modified single leg Boston Crab as he comes off the ropes Vern barely makes it out after a minute but goes right back mm-hmm. down again to a double underhook suplex for two followed by a gut wrench suplex for two and a hip toss gets two a hip toss yeah. gets two why not but Vern struggles back to his feet and hits Billy with a shoulder block to take him down and Billy's back into his feet and he sees he sees Vern running towards him as, here we go with the slow-mo as visions of nobody's ever hit me with a drop kick might yeah exactly like twice too yes. like like double like and it's like echoing. It's like nobody hits me with the drop kick, mate. Nobody hits me with the drop kick, mate. Doink! Roll credits. Yes, the last shot of this movie is a freeze frame of Vern's feet 
from the drop kick. <laughs> so you cut to credits. The wrestler dot feet. Yeah, the wrestler dot feet. The ending. And that's the end. That's the end. I literally. Uh, this is my note. Go ahead. Last shot of Vern's feet. Cut to credits. What in the fuck? Terrible ending. That's oh. like what I wrote. I had fucking really. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was bad. Uh, I don't think we need our notes anymore because that's it. The okay. movie ends abruptly. You know what? I say, Quinn, we take a quick break here. Let's all let's, decompress. Yeah, let's decompress. We will be back, folks, for some final analysis on The Wrestler right after this. This week on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, find out what kind of man Mary falls for. Is he a pretty face? The reason I'm going out with you is because of your looks. Is he a smooth talker? Mary, you're wonderful. Is he a playboy? I got this character flaw. I like women. (laughs) Or just an all-around nice guy. I think you're a terrific man, Lou Grant. It's Mary's Boyfriend's Week on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, weekdays at 4 on Channel 5. From our race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, our special Christmas episode. Thank you so much for being with us. Hope you're having a good day, wherever you might be, whatever you might be doing. This is our Christmas gift to you, this review. (laughs) Thanks to uh, Ruben Vasquez Jr. And we know know it's been a long review, but I think it's been... uh, It's been a worthwhile endeavor, I would say. Yes. So we were talking about how this movie, Quinn, clipped right to the credits. Right. Long, stupid credit sequence. And it's left ambiguous, much, much the same way that the wrestler from 2008 is left ambiguous. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does kind of end the same, doesn't (laughs) it? Right? Like where he's like jumping off the top and you don't know if he's going to die from being Mickey Rooney or whatever. In this case, you don't know if Billy Taylor's going to die from a dropkick to the face. (laughs) So what do you you think, Quinn? A couple things here, Joseph. Go ahead. First off, the loose ends here are really annoying. I agree. Um, the mobsters thing, first of, that's first and foremost. I I had said to you in a Facebook chat after I watched this, <laughs> I said, unless Bruiser and Cruiser <laughs> threw the mobsters in like a wood chipper, like after, like off camera or something. Wood chipper. Well, that way they, they wouldn't be around anymore and the, the evidence would be gone. But what I'm if just, they threw them in a Lake Minnetonka? You would. They would find them. They would. They would come the, back to the Burns eminent house. domain. Yeah, government the eminent, people. Yeah, the eminent domain would find them in ninety, and that would be the end of that scheme. So <laughs> can't do it that way. I, I say wood chipper into Lake Minnetonka would probably be a decent way to get rid of them. Remind me not to get on your bad side. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> unless they did, like killed them somehow, basically, right? Yeah, they're gonna come back and kill Lou. Uh, yeah, you don't and, cross and, and, the mafia. And the secretary. Just right? ask Dino Bravo. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they needed to resolve that, no? Apparently not. Yeah. Because the, the integrity of wrestling has been preserved. I don't understand. This movie should have been called The Promoter. Yeah. <laughs> it's Honestly, ridiculous. This has nothing to do with Vern Gagne, really. No, it has to do with Vern Gagne, the booker. Yes. And Vern Gagne, the all, look at all his wrestlers. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a promotional video. It really is. Here's, but again, that's a loose that's a loose end. It is a loose end. Also, it's like did Vern lose? I mean, did the drop kick work? Are we just like it worked and that's it? I think we're led to believe that that it did work. Now, yeah. if it worked, right? Yeah. What about poor Betty? 
She's now she's her? just more panicked. Her husband's going to die. Oh, because day. he he said he would only retire when he lost. Right. So does he just never lose? Because they say he never loses. What is he like in a wheelchair wrestling? She, well, he's in a retirement home. We know that later. He did wrestle in a retirement <laughs> home too. <laughs> but <laughs> it's real. It is. Um, the thing I the problem I have with Vern Gagne, the the character. Sorry, Mike Bullard. Fucking retire, asshole. Like, your wife's like, can you please not die? Yeah, she's I like, miss you. And all, like, two people had died before. She, yeah. The, the one off camera, and then Welcome Back Cotter died, too, on camera. So, this poor woman, like, I feel really bad for her. Right. She's the biggest loser in all of this, besides the mobsters that probably got killed later. Good. Yeah. You know what? That's true, though. I mean, like, like Lou Grant, for all his shirtlessness and making out with the youngest secretary, you know, and yeah. all that. At least he's portrayed as a, a grumpy but upstanding guy. That's another thing with this movie, by Yeah, the go way. ahead. If you watch the <clears throat> AWA DVD... Yep, which I have. Vern, like, has a sort of contempt mm-hmm. for promoters. Yeah. And, and he... Which is funny, because he is one, or was right, one. Right, and he plays the wrestler in this movie, and I get the weird feeling... That he's trying to portray Lou as the bad guy for making him retire. Kind of, but... I, I th- get that gist. I, maybe. I think he's trying to portray anyone that doesn't like wrestling as a bad guy, really. Well, that's The gambler too- trying to make it illegitimate. The media for, for making it illegitimate. You know, anyone the, that questions its legitimacy. The way they portrayed Lou as a guy that was willing to, um, you know, strip him, essentially, of the belt. But for his own good. Right, for his own good. For his own good. But he Vern, was a the character, person. doesn't see it that way. Vern, the character, The whole movie, is he an never asshole. sees it that way. Vern, the character... He's an asshole. ...seems like a guy who doesn't care about his wife. Right! Doesn't care about his promoter, who's literally, like, trying to save his life. Right, right. and moving on and just, like, trying to... All right, we, we, your wife really wants you to retire. We're trying to help you here. You we have all the money You're you need. Old. You got the house at Lake Minnetonka. You got projectors. You got projectors. You got your class that you run and everything. You're friends with the all the promoters. Yeah. Like, everything is in your favor. And he just wants you to live a life of luxury. You've earned it, blah, blah, blah. And, but, but you know, Lou is the bad guy. Lou is the, the jerky promoter who wants to replace him with Billy Robinson. You know, the more we talk, the more I think Vern is the true villain of this movie. He is! Like, everyone's just trying to get him to, like, they're trying to help him. To not die. Even Billy has a respect for him. Yeah, Billy's not mean to him. He's like, no. I'm younger. <laughs> That's about his only thing. He's like, I'm yeah. younger and I'm British. But... Really, this mirrors in a lot of ways the the true stubbornness of the real Vern Gagne. Yep, and it really kind of reflects of what happened to the AWA. Yeah, he wouldn't fucking retire until yeah. it was too damn late, and he wouldn't change his ways. And by the time he retired, like most of this talent pool was gone. Yeah, Flair was gone. Yeah, fucking all these guys that could have replaced him were gone, and then a lot would, of them were. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all he had left was Bockwinkle, and Bockwinkle was already old. And he had Bockwinkle, and then like. By the time he finally finds the guy in Hulk Hogan, he botches that up. He did botch that up for a while. Yeah. So that's an interesting study. I mean, as a film now, forgetting the, the wrestling end of it, as a film, it was poor. No, it was <laughs> poor. But I have to say for them, for a wrestling organization to have a proper movie in 1973, it must have been a big deal, regardless of how good or bad it is. That's true. I mean, you, you got to give Vern Gagne a little bit of credit there. This is 1973 when this was made. Right. Not 1983. Yeah. Not 1993. This is a long time ago. Right. For there to be a wrestling movie. Right. And wrestling wasn't that big. 
not in the seventies. No, fifties. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but not in the seventies. And not we were and, dead in the middle of the decline. It's really like when I think of seventies wrestling, I just think of gray. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just grungy, very, very gray and grungy, shitty color. Yeah, like you know what I mean? Like before, like it looked nice. Absolutely, just not a high point uh, for the mainstream fan. Anyway, a wrestling fan's gonna like wrestling, but for right. the mainstream, it wasn't uh, th- that I know of. Anyway, yeah. Um, so we hope you enjoyed that that Christmas gift there. Um, yep. Not a good movie. No. But if you've never seen it, I would recommend it on the merits of, of historical curiosity. Right. But and at least now you know what you're getting I into. I will say this. I feel, as far as a Christmas treat is concerned, yeah. this was fun to look at because Absolutely. I'd never seen it. I'd heard about it. And it was always just a rare oddity to me. It was just like, there was a wrestling movie in the 70s, 70s like, right that seems like the weirdest time to make a wrestling movie you exactly know? and so i just i was always just a curiosity and it was fun to review it and i think it, it was appropriate for being the the, the christmas episode this year because yep. no holds barred is one thing but this is just a completely different thing different you know? thing absolutely yeah. and we thank you uh ruben for uh initially suggesting this we actually didn't i didn't remember this was even on the suggestion list until right before we did the review right but uh it was suggested initially by ruben vasquez jr so i'm glad yeah. we were able to get around to it folks just real quick before we close out here i want to thank you for an awesome 2017 yes it's been a tremendous year of uh fun and growth for our podcast yeah it has been i wow i mean when we started this year this show was in its infancy. It was. It was only a couple of months old. Yeah. We had just joined the Place to Be Nation. Right. Which we uh, left about 10, 11 episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Amicably, of course. It was yes. fine. Uh, we had uh, not nearly as many uh, listeners as we do now. And our Facebook group hadn't even started yet. Yeah. We were... It was a different setting. Yeah. And... Um, we're so thankful. I mean, I, I know I speak for both of us, but uh, I, I'm personally just, it's unbelievable to interact with fans on a daily basis, you know, on our Facebook group or to just hear feedback about our shows. Yeah, as am I. I, I you guys are the best fans. Like, it's Absolutely. unbelievable. I, I, I can't believe people are listening. I can't either. It's it's pretty great. And it's all you guys, really. I mean, it's all the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the Christmas gift for us, you know, like, Absolutely. Uh, as far as this show is concerned. The, f- uh, the fact that we get to do this for yeah. people that want to hear it. Yes. Is a gift. I mean, yeah. it really is. And, and we, we mean that sincerely. No joking there. Thank you guys so much. We uh, have a couple of things coming up. Obviously, next Monday, January right. 1st, will be episode number 63, back to normal episodes. Um, so if, if you're not a patron, you'll see us in one week. If you are a patron, uh, be on the lookout for Friday. Our mm-hmm. next commentary, which you can get for just two bucks a month. And if you want to upgrade to three bucks a month, you'll have a video review coming out Monday as well. January the 1st. <laughs> yes, yes, January the 1st. And do this. I, I've been tweeting this out. I've been putting it on Facebook. If you want your voice heard on this show, we're giving you an opportunity. Right. You can send me at ovppodcast at gmail.com a one to two minute voice clip. Yeah. Of you explaining your favorite or least favorite or both raw Monday night raw moment, memory, whatever. You can say as much as you want um, within two minutes. Yeah. And if you don't know how to do that, if you got an iPhone, I believe you can go to voice memos yep. and you can just um, you can just hit record on that and then send it. And then at the end, you know, hit the little uh, paper with the up on it <laughs> yeah. and then it will give you options to to send it. So. Exactly. Um, and I will be playing. All of those clips that we receive on a very special episode coming up in January. I'm sure you can guess <laughs> yeah. what that episode will be. Yeah. But we want to give you guys a voice, so let us know. We don't care who you are. 
Mm-hmm. We don't care what you sound like. Don't be self-conscious. Don't be nervous. Yeah, this is about you guys. This is this is for you guys. Mm-hmm. So don't worry what you sound like. Yep. And we'll clean up anything if it, sure. you know. You know. So don't worry about like it's go. I have gaps or it's too yeah, slow. We, we can handle that. Don't worry about that. We'll handle that. So again, thank you very much. Merry Christmas if you celebrated, or Happy Holidays. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your week. Have a good rest of your year. Yes. We will see you next Monday, January 1st, 2018, for episode number 63. Thank you very much. See you next year. See ya. It might surprise you to know that the holes you're seeing are centuries old. Wrestling was big in ancient Egypt with pharaohs. In fact, drawings of wrestlers and wrestling holes like the arm drag, flying mare, headlock, were found in pharaoh's tombs dating back 6,000 years ago. Wrestling was one of the first formalized sports in the original Greek Olympics. Then, captured Greeks brought wrestling to the Roman Empire. All the Roman legionnaires were wrestlers and each legion had its champion. It turned into a pretty deadly professional art when the Romans took over. The holes didn't change, just the rules. Kicking, knee, strangling, anything went. Deadly, but popular. In fact, one professional wrestler wrestled his way into becoming a Roman emperor, Emperor Commodus. Then there was King Henry VIII of England. He used the same holes on the King of France. George Washington used them, Abraham Lincoln used them. Merry Christmas, everybody!